0: You dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Amen. Well, good morning. So if you, if you have your bulletin with you, um, you will see uh, just a general outline for today's message, some three three different points today that will be part of this Grace and peace series and I I shared with you a little bit um, in the newsletter if you get a chance to to read it today again of what this series is all about and so I call we're calling this final series pastor to pulpit these are some things that the Lord has been speaking to me over the past nine and a half years and and uh, by by the twenty second, you could pretty much already do my outline for me. I'd, I'd hope you probably could. Everything that I'm going to put on there is going to be very familiar. Um, but these other ones, the ones I did last week, and these that I've done this week, these have kind of been these have been things. If you'd go in the office, you'll see them on the wall, like as soon as you come in, because these are short sayings that. We're we're just concise words of revelation that I felt the Lord had been speaking to me And I I, I hope that you'll notice that these have come out in many themes of of our messages in the previous years And so that's a big part of what today is they don't kind of all fit together into one text They are just kind of little nuggets that the Lord has been speaking to me That if there are some themes that I hope at all that I've gotten across uh, These are those themes and uh, so these have been the the word of the Lord to me and I I hope to, to pass these things on to you And so you know, I have never been real, you know, I have to put some of these things on a wall, you know, because I've never been really, really good at remembering, you know, these common, perfect little sayings. So you know what they say, right? As I've had a hard time remembering, the best thing to do is practice makes gooder and better. So I try to remember these things, okay? It's practice makes perfect. But if I don't remember, that's what I say. But you know, Uh, Have you, you, many of you have heard many different Southern Proverbs. I call them Southern Proverbs. Today's, today's message we'll get out of, we'll we'll get a lot of uh, into the Proverbs quite a bit this morning. Um, And so we call these, I don't know what else you you call them. When I look online, they just call them Southern sayings. Um, But maybe you've got some to add to this because this is a lot of what today's message is like. So my granny used to always say, uh, well, if, where did it go? Oh yeah. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. All right. That was, that was granny's favorite one to say, but I I saw a few of these that really surprised me. Like this one, you would say this, I guess, to someone who, uh, who's just really mean. You would say, well, who licked the red off your candy? And then I I thought this was pretty good because I think we know a few people like this. She could start an argument in an empty house. And if something's just happened really really quick, well that happened faster than a knife fight in a phone booth. And uh, some of them also don't even make any sense. Like have you you, you all, you've heard the one before? Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why would you be a monkey's uncle for how, I mean how did how did that go through your family line genetics? I don't understand what what just happened that would now make you a monkey's uncle. But I um any other ones by the way that are just really good that somebody would want to share before I move on cuz I know this is important. Yeah. I like that one that, uh, his cornbread's not done. In the middle. Yeah, so his cornbread's not done in the middle. So that would be like something's not completely right with him? Is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> his cornbread's not completely done in the middle. Yeah. Oh, just simply, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, or bless her heart, well, I don't know what else to say, but bless your heart, <laughs> thank heavens, and for, for me, and, in, in, you know, charismatic churches, it was just, well, that's all they would say. There's a um, story about an older couple just celebrated their 65th anniversary, and so they they had to. They had their anniversary uh, kind of meal, and then they had to go to the doctor. And they went to the doctor. And the doctor told them that you know, you guys. I think you, you guys. We're, we're, you're going to keep living together. This is great. But I noticed some things are going on. Your memory. You really, really need to start writing some things down. Kind of like we're doing with this series. We're, 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 I want you to remember these things to write them down. So they told him you really need to start writing these things down. And both of them walked out of there. This god doctor's ridiculous. We don't need to be writing things down. We're fine in our communication at home. So they get to home and they're going to have their dessert together. And the husband gets up, and the wife says, "Uh, now, I want you to remember, ice cream, whipped cream, strawberries on top, okay? Write it down, write it down, like the doctor said. (laughs) He said, I don't need to write it down. I don't need to listen to the doctor. I got what you said, ice cream, whipped cream, and strawberries. I got it. So he goes in the kitchen for about 15 minutes. He comes back later with eggs and bacon. And the wife jumps up irate and says, where's my toast? <laughs> so we got to learn to write some things down. And so hopefully, even in this bulletin uh, today, when we go over some of these short sayings, I do have some of these are some things that you can remember. All right. So we're going to open up the word and we're going to get into we in different verses. Um, but these are just verses that really have spoken to me and will be in, in the book of Proverbs as well. So let's begin. Let's uh, begin with a word of prayer. Well, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. And as we get through the book of John, the book of James, and mostly in Proverbs this morning, we'll see how these these nuggets of wisdom have been passed on from generation to generation. And we've oftentimes interpreted things in in our own way and passed on our, 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 our new proverb that we've come to understand in life. But, Lord, these things that come from your word, May you allow us to ingrain these things in our soul so that we can remember in moments when it truly matters. Things that bring us back, that reground us and remind us who we are when things in life can get really confusing. So, Lord, today we thank you for your word. Your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I finished this message, I was I was surprised to notice that there was a really a consistent theme theme in all three of these that you'll see running through this. And so just to share with you we talked about this a lot in our uh, anxiety class that we took a little bit ago. That that we I hope that we can capture together was this idea of control. That we all want to be in control. We want to be in control of the way our life works out. We we want to feel like we know what's going to happen next. We want to feel like we have our relationships under control. We want to feel like we have our finances under control. We have the projects that are home under control, the things that we need fixed. There's this constant striving for control. But I would hope and I would assume that the older that you get, you realize that much of this is a myth you're really not in that much control at all. There's a lot of things in life that you will not have control of. A lot, Mostly referring to a lot of those things that I just said in a lot of ways, right? Some things in relationships because they affect other people. Some things that happen in your future because your future is not just determined by, by, by you. There's, there's random events. There's different things that are going to transpire. And so this theme that you see here is being able to, to recognize the things that we have in our life right in front of us that we can control, that are that are ours to do, but then to learn how to give that other stuff over to the living God and not be so scared of it that it causes us a, a great level of anxiety, but rather to rejoice and be reminded of who we are, that, hey, I have a God that's going to take all of this stuff for me. I have to trust in the Lord with whatever is next in my life. Now, I don't want to confuse you. I think I said that uh, wrong in the beginning. I, I've told you many times. You make this idea of control is funny. We, I know I've shared this from the pulpit before, so I will, I will do it real quickly again. This, the, there's two deceptions, right? The number one deception is that we're not in control. Okay, you make over thirty thousand decisions every day. Okay, there's a lot. In the majority of your life, you are in control of. But then the other deception that I was just speaking of is that you ever thought that you could ever be in complete control of what happens. In your life. And so these, all these themes, we see this idea, is theme throughout each one of these. And I want to get to the first one, um, which is not from the outside, but from within, not from the outside, but from within. And here's, here's this in Proverbs twenty-eight nineteen. Nick, if you'll put that one up there, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. Now I'm going to return to that verse in just a few moments. But after you have said yes to Christ, after you have received salvation and accepted the work of what Christ has done for you through his blood and through his resurrection. As people who've, who've understood the scripture, who've, many of you here who have been in church most all of your life. I hope you recognize that salvation is yours. The spirit of God has been given to you the moment that you say yes to him. But yet we find ourselves, and when I say we, I'm very much including me. This is why this word is on my board. I find myself searching all the time outside for my salvation. I don't mean salvation necessarily from from eternal salvation, I mean from the things that I need. Well, my mood will just be better if I just get this, if I just would make a little bit more money, if this relationship would just work in a little better, if I could just have this car, if I could just get this done around the house. We are constantly searching outward for our salvation, for the thing that we think that we need. But the eternal truth and the biblical truth is that it's all right here from within. What you need, what you really need has been given to you through salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ. But yet we keep reaching outward and don't recognize what we have within us. There's a biblical character that's a great, perfect story of this. A guy named Jacob in the Bible. You got, I remember when we did the, the character series on Jacob. Remember, I, I took on the character of Jacob, and he said, and Jacob's like, you know, Jacob's kind of like this kind of arrogant character because he, he strived and he deceived to get everything that he could get. And he always liked to hear, so what are the names you always heard in the Bible? Abraham, Isaac, and that's right, that's my name, that's me. I'm right there, right in the mix with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so Jacob had this attitude that he wanted to be blessed. He blessed by God, he wanted to be renowned by God. And he felt like he had to do everything he possibly could to get that blessing, to be renowned as he wanted to be. So he fought for it. He deceived for it. And he just all, and that, that word fight and strive is very good because he was always trying to grab hold of something. If I just do this, then God will love me. If I just do this, then I will be accepted. And he fought and he fought and he strived and he strived. Now, what happened to Jacob? You remember what happened to Jacob the night before? He, he had to go see his brother Esau after he had deceived his brother Esau. Now, it's not just Jacob and Esau at this point. It's like basically two small nations getting ready to encounter each other. Like, you know, big entourages of people getting ready to meet up with each other. Anybody remember what happened to Jacob that night? He gets visited by an angel, begins to wrestle with an angel. And what comes out of that is two really important things. One. Jacob was injured. He would be reminded that he that his power, that that God's power does not come through all of his strength and everything he strives for. He would always be reminded that his the Lord's power comes in Jacob's weakness. And Jacob would be humbled. He would be injured the rest of his life from that encounter there, but he also received a blessing from God. And really, the the name that he was given was, was basically a reminder that Jacob, you've been striving all your life. Your name is healer, supplanter. But in this moment, I want you to know the truth that you are blessed, but you've also always been blessed. Receive your blessing of salvation. Quit striving for the stuff that you think you need to make you whole. I share that because that has been a word for me. And let's go back to that text there in Proverbs, in Proverbs uh, 28, verse 19. I want to read that verse again, Nick. I'll go back. I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep back and forth with you. Go back to that line real quick. I want to make sure I shared that. Go back to that slide. I'm sorry. This slide. After we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we must quit looking to the outside for salvation and look within to find the peace, joy, and strength that we already possess. Good. And then here's the Proverbs twenty-eight, nineteen Again, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. What a twisted, ironic proverb. Just look at that for a minute. Those who work their land will have, who work the stuff that you already have You could, sure, you know, if you've got land, you had to buy it or purchase it. It may have been passed on to you. But there was some sort of responsibility you had to to get what you have. And you could say that there's a responsibility for our own salvation as well. But so work what you have been given. But those who chase after fantasies, that pursuit is only going to bring poverty. It's only going to bring a pattern of emptiness, a pattern of wishing I had something else. Church, I hope you hear me. Salvation, what you're looking not, not does not come from the outside; it comes from within. Meet the living God that has been given to you. Meet the Spirit of God that has been given to you. yield to His presence, recognizing what you already have, what is within you. Then all of these facets that you strive so hard that you can't control, that you try to retain. Secondly, the second point. I can't always get what I want, but I can always give. Who sings that song? It reminds me of that song. Um, how does it go? Uh, you can't, even if you try sometimes, you can get what you need. Is that how it goes? I heard that. That's a horrible song to play at a wedding, right? Like when the bride's walking down the aisle, <laughs> you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you can get what you need. Not a good wedding song, but, so, but this, this premise is here is a little bit different, all right? To recognize that, I want to I take a look at all these Proverbs I was telling you about. Proverbs 11.25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The next one, Proverbs 3.27, do not withhold good. From those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. When you have the stuff you need, and by the way, you do, to bless, and you know you should, and you see the opportunity, and you don't. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Now, these are kind of positive verses, but here's a negative side of this. Here's the reverse of what we see when we're striving for what we want and not what we can give. James 4, 1 through 3 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires The battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. I know we've preached on that verse a few different times, this idea of of making things about what you want rather than the Lord's will. Because I love the way he asks, James asks us, why don't you pray about this? Oh, yeah, you're not going to pray because this doesn't have anything to do with God, does it? This just has to do with you. And this stuff that you strive so hard for that you really want, this is the crap that causes fights and quarrels among you. Okay, that's the Brody Reich modern version. All right is what James 4, 1 through 3 says. This garbage that you, you, you dig into, that you are all about yourself and want what you want, this is the stuff that causes fights in churches, We're rather when we consider what is the Lord's will for us. And if you really want it so bad, pray about it. Because you know what happens when we begin to pray about these things? our attitude can shift as far as, wait a second, maybe I'm the one that's striving so hard for something that's not that significant. Maybe I'm striving so hard for something that's not as important. Maybe my attitude is the one that needs to change. I can't always get what I want, but I can always give. See, there's a story about the widow of Zarephath in First Kings 17. We'll put that up there in verses 7 through 6. This is the story of uh, if you go to that verse there, Nick. First Kings six. Uh, we're going to read twelve through. Uh, I'll read twelve through. Uh, I forget what it is. I got them all up there though. Um, so this is the story where Elijah um, is is now. This widow of Zarephath, her child is dead. Okay, and she's going to the prophet. She's going to the prophet to ask for him to help her to heal him, okay? And this is how this all plays out. It says, surely, this is, this is what the widow is saying. As Surely, as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar. So she's down to the last bit of resources that she has. And the prophet is asking for something from her, okay? Here's what goes next, next verse. Olive oil in a jug, I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat eat it and die. And then Elijah said to her, don't... Go ahead, next verse. Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says... The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Okay, so there's also something going on here as well as a, um, there's also something going on here as as, as well as the, the famine in the land. Okay, now Elijah's also showing this woman that she has something. She doesn't think she has anything. She has a little something and that little something that she has is her symbol of her exercising her faith, of her giving of something that she has, and recognizing, guys, that we're we we're not always going to be able to get what we want, but we can always give. Mandy and I were talking yesterday, just we, just last night, and and this thing of this idea of, that we were kind of frustrated about that it feels like in certain areas of our life, maybe we've reaped. Where And we haven't sown. <laughs> like we've, we've worked really hard in one area and felt like maybe we would get blessed in that area and it hasn't really worked out. Now don't get me wrong. So here's what I want to spin this as is that we've been blessed in many, many, many ways. But it's those ways that seem to get under our skin. It's the ones that frustrate us that we really want something and feel like we've put in our time. And God should bless us in this way. And see what I'm doing again? I'm trying to control the blessing of God rather than just let it be what it's always meant to be a gift. And when I say so, it means that I've given of myself in some ways I've given of my time in some ways and wanting to, to have those things like, you know, come back and return the way that I gave them. And how many of you, I'm sure many of you could raise your hands. How many of you has it worked out for you that way? Have you reaped where you haven't sown? If you've done that, raise your hand. It's a common experience in life. And we can get really bitter about it, or we could also recognize that, wait a second, so that's, oh, that's the only reason I was giving, I guess, huh? (laughs) I was just giving so that I hope one day it would come back to me for my glory, for Brody's glory, so that Brody could have what he wants. Come on, you selfish, pathetic jerk. See? And this is the kind of things that happen when we take our intentions. This is what we see in that James 4, 1 through 3 passage. When we take our intentions to the Lord, is it really about him or is it about us? And I have to realize this is life. There's so many things that I cannot control. I am not always going to be able to get what I want. Let's say that out loud because it'll be therapy for all of you. Let's say that out loud together. I I can't get everything I want. Let's try that together. One, two, three. I can't get everything I want. You just exhale. Does that feel better now? It's okay. It's true. But you can always, always give, you always have something to give. There will always be an opportunity right around the corner. There will always be someone in need. There will always be a word you can say. There will always be a spirit that you can exchange. There will always be something that you can put forth that will bless someone, that will bless something, that will bring life to a situation rather than death and destruction. And in our culture today, negativity and polarization We have enough of that garbage going on that daggone it, the church of the living God of Jesus Christ needs to be different and needs to not be so concerned about getting everything that they want and learning how to give. So I may not be able to get all that I want, but I can always give. So let's say that together. I can always give. Ready? One, two, three. I can always give. Finally, this last passage. Man, this is a tough one. I hope this is the the, the verse that Rod uh, read this morning. I hope you've had a chance just to experience this text. Now, this is what Peter. This is what Jesus says to Peter. So, Peter's our biblical example here for this one, of course. This is what Jesus says to Peter after we preached on this on Easter. After Peter um, has already denied Christ three times. And he's kind of left the fold of the disciples. Okay, Jesus is alive. He hasn't ascended yet. He's literally walking around on earth, kind of making himself appearing and and then not appearing. And many people are seeing him, okay? And Peter has his encounter moment with Jesus, and he's having breakfast with him. And then Jesus begins to say, Do you love me? Feed my sheep, do you love me? Okay, he does that three three different times. This is the last thing that Jesus says to Peter in verse twenty one eighteen. It says, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Now, if you had your Bible, you could you could look and see quickly. John makes a uh, the authors that's in the book of John. Quickly, John makes a reference to kind of what why Jesus was saying that to Peter in that text. But I want to do this. You know, why not? We've got, got a, uh, you know, a group here this morning. I, w- I want you to just sit with that verse for a second. Because the Lord has spoken a lot to me through this verse. And just because I'm the one with the microphone each morning doesn't mean I have the profound truth on this, right? As you read that verse, because sitting in front of me is probably 70, I'm going to do a quick math, about 80% of you are older than I am, okay? So I would assume if you sit with this, this verse can mean something to you. What do you hear the Lord saying to you as you read this verse? What does this text say to you in the later seasons, of, about the later seasons of our life? Come on, raise your hand. What does it say to you? What's that? We're not, good word. We're not ultimately in control. <laughs> good word. Anyone else? We're not ultimately in control. You know, I wonder if you've, some of you have had the moments when you do all the right things and it doesn't get you what you want. When you find out, when you, when you start just not feeling good and you learn that, you know what, it's really not going to get any better. When, when things are changing from a way that you would, prefer, you would have preferred them to be, and now these new changes that are happening in your life you're not very comfortable with, and the reality is hitting you that they're not going to go back to the way that they were. Things have changed, and they are different now. See, that's what this verse is for. Put that one back. Put that verse back up there, Nick. See, that's what this verse is for is like, you see, I, because I see, you know, I'm forty one 41 years old now. And, and I've seen this verse because it's just kind of being right, like kind of that middle spot, just seeing like what that what life is like in our 20s, like. We're gonna we're gonna take on the world and, and and going into ministry when you're 19 years old. There's all this stuff of we're gonna we're gonna take on the world for Jesus. We're gonna do this and we're gonna do this. And it's like we're dressing ourselves. We're, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And this is gonna be great. And as you get older, well, you begin to recognize it's ultimately about His will, and we are on His time. And as Donna said, there's a lot of things when it comes to the will of God that are ultimately not completely in our control. It is about his kingdom and his will. And so the truth, the fruit here, part of what, what Jesus is getting across to Peter, well I want to say really more so what the Lord is speaking to me is that what is your attitude like when you recognize the things that you're not going to get that you don't want? What is your attitude like when, daggone it, you just don't feel good. And it's not getting any better. That, And so your attitude in those moments, your generosity in those moments, the sweetness of your faith is your witness when you are going through those kinds of seasons. When the Lord is taking you to places that you wished you probably would have never had to go. He's taken you some things. It's like that whole magic, or that Splash Mountain story I've told many times. Taking you down the big hill, but you would have never in a million years signed up for it. And somehow now, as you're going down the hill, you're drawing near to the living God who you found every step of the way. And you have this undescribable, unexplainable peace in these moments. It's kind of like the peace, the smile that I see on... Lois Spittler's face at times, knowing that she's in pain, knowing that smile right there, knowing that she's in pain, knowing that she's feeling weak. And even in those moments, still being able to smile and and be able to have that attitude that God has been faithful. I mean, who are we going to be mad at, right? Lois, (laughs) who's, who's there to be mad at? And whose fault is it? Because that's what we're supposed to do in our world today, right? If you feel bad, it's somebody else's fault. Come on, right? We've got to grow up, men and women of God, because there's a lot of negativity going around there. There's a lot of garbage out there. And as Jesus told Peter, this is what's going to happen now, Peter. I'm going to take you to places, and you're going to do things for me that you would have never imagined. And reasons why you would have never imagined is, one— is because I'm going to put something in you that's going to be more powerful than anything you ever experienced. But the other reason is going to be because you would never in a million years want to do what I'm getting ready to have you do for me. You would have never signed up for people throwing stones at you. You would have never signed up for this kind of brutal death. But Peter, I'm, I'm signing you on because now I'm going to take you to places that you don't want to go. So we've got to find ourselves somewhere in this verse. It's been a tough one for me. It's been, it's been one that, I, that just recognizing this, this kind of middle season in life and, and realizing what it really truly means to be a follower of Christ, that kind of some of that hype is all over, that it's not, it's, again, it's not from the outside. It's not grabbing onto that thing in the future that one day I'm going to do for God somewhere it's out there. It's this moment, not from the outside, but from within. I can't always get what I want but I can't always give. We have this moment right here, right in front of us. You have the spirit of God that dwells within men and women, just like, you, just like those of you that are sitting in front of me. Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day of your fruit. Today is the day to give. Today is the day to receive the work of the spirit of God. Let me pray for you. Well Lord, I thank you for each and every one that is here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you can allow us to connect with this verse in John twenty one eighteen. A tough reality that Jesus spoke to Peter, but I know that many of us are experiencing that and maybe at times having a hard time understanding exactly what it is, what it is that is happening is that maybe we're entering a season, things are changing that we're not ready for, and we're resisting. Rather than allowing God to take us places that he's known we've always, we would always go, and receiving what's next and recognizing the blessing that we have in the moment, the, the spirit that we have to give, the, the gifts of the spirit that we have to connect with others and bring life to this world and also the gifts of the spirit that we have that allow us to possess grace and peace in no matter what circumstance we go through. In A place like this, we must come to the conclusion that we have everything we need. So Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your peace. To you be the glory in Jesus name. Amen. At this time, I want to invite you to stand for your benediction. Today, may you know that you can always give and that your salvation is not out there. It's right here. So may you draw near to the living God as he is always drawing near to you. God bless you and have a wonderful week.